And welcome back to the South End Zone. Brought to you by Billy Up Sports. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. I'm flying solo tonight. Eric is unavailable and has other things happening. So I'm going to deliver just a quick, probably 15 or so minute show to you tonight. Really fast. I'm just going to run through our bets for the week. And uh, hit up a couple of questions that I've been asked via Twitter or email or just word of mouth from uh, people I know that listen to the show. So we'll hit on some of that. A little bit of Heisman talk. Even though I don't really give a shit about the Heisman, we're going to mention it anyway. And uh, a little playoff talk and uh, maybe a little coaching carousel discussion as well. But before I do that, I'm going to jump right in and hit you guys with our bets for the week. I do have Eric's bets for the week, and I'm going to hit his first and talk a little bit about them as I go because I will be on some of these as well. So starting us off, he's going to take Illinois and Iowa under 30 and a half. Iowa unders, we've talked about it all season long. Iowa unders are pretty much free money at this point. They can't score. And, no, well, to be fair, nobody in the Big Ten West can really score at all. So, Illinois coming in, they don't have a dynamic offense either, but their defense is decent enough to stop Iowa's bad offense. So, anything under 30 or anything over 30, I'm on the under as well. So, myself and Eric both are on Illinois and Iowa under 30 and a half. This has been cashing for us all year. So, it's week 12. Crazy shit does happen, but... I'm going to bet on it just the same. All right. So all that being said, speaking of totals, Eric is going back to the well here, and I don't blame him. I'm not on this, but I, I don't hate it at all. It's been working for him this year, and he's backed off of it in recent weeks, but he's back on it, and that is uh, USC overs. So he's on USC and UCLA. Chip Kelly kind of – there's some rumors he may be fired after this game. Don't know how that may or may not affect the game. So that's kind of why I'm staying away from it. A little potential coaching turmoil stuff. So uh, the total 65 and a half, anything in the 60s on a USC game. Uh, if you don't know, Lincoln Riley's something around 21 or 22 and four in his tenure on overs at USC. So not a bad bet nonetheless. All right. Uh, let's see what else he got. He's got Coastal. Carolina, minus four and a half on the road at Army. I typically stay away from service academy games involving other teams, uh, you know, that are not service academy teams. That's about the only time I bet on the service academies is when they play against each other. And uh, that's just the most predictable time. Coastal's defense is not all that great. I don't know that they'll be able to slow down Army's run attack, you know, rushing attack. I don't know. It's just not one that I'm willing to bet on in a crazy week 12. So he's on Coastal minus four and a half, and that's been a well for him for a few years now. So <laughs> I say, I salute. Go ahead. Uh, if you want to bet it, feel free and take it. Now, this next one I am on, and that is just a machine that's been cashing for me all season. And that is James Madison minus eight and a half. And they've got uh, Appalachian state. I don't think app state is very good. I do think they can score, but the bottom line, same thing I've kind of been saying all year long. I don't think that really any of the teams in the Sunbelt can match up with James Madison's lines of scrimmage. And I think they're pissed off that they're not going to be able to go to a bowl game. They got ruled against today. And I feel sorry for App State, frankly. Uh, they're about to get some aggression taken out on them. So I'm going to ride 
the Dukes minus eight and a half along with Eric there. Now this next one, I don't have a take on, but it is something that I have been doing recently. Well, really, I think Eric has too, and that's fading old dominion. So Eric is going to fade old dominion this week again, and he's going to take Georgia Southern minus the six and a half. Don't hate that pick fading old dominions been uh, lucrative here lately. All right, last couple, and then we'll get into his bullpen. He's taking Louisville on the road, minus one and a half against Miami. (sighs) If I had any confidence in what Miami was going to do week to week, I would probably take Miami here. I would lean that direction because Louisville just cannot be trusted. I I just... (sighs) I feel like Louisville's probably the better team, but I don't know if it's, I mean, based on Vegas, they don't think they're that much better. One and a half points. I mean, that's basically a pick them. I, I just don't trust Louisville here. I know he's going back to a little bit of a well there. He's he's kind of been in Louisville's corner the last couple of years. But for me, I, I just, I, I'm staying away from anything related to Miami. They've burned a lot of betters this year. So uh, the last one, UNLV who has been just an absolute spread-covering machine this year. (laughs) I think they're 9-1 and against the spread at this point. Uh, They are at plus three and a hook. And I think there's maybe some better numbers out there. There may be some threes. But uh, he's taking UNLV at plus three and a hook here on the road at Air Force. Again, kind of the same thing as Army. I just I tend to stay away from those games. So... No real take here. Air Force is a really good team, especially when they don't turn the ball over five times or whatever it was against Army. So I, I don't hate the pick because Barry Odom's done a really good job there. I think he's a really good coach. Their defense is pretty damn good considering the roster talent that they have. But going against an offense like Air Force, I, I just I don't know how it's going to go. So. If it was under a field goal, I might consider it, but I'm going to leave it there. And uh, yeah, so he's on UNLV plus the three and a half at Air Force. And let's get into his bullpen picks here. Uh, he's going to lay them with the Bulldogs on the road, minus 10 and a half against the Vols. And frankly, I don't blame him uh, based on what I saw against Missouri, Tennessee. Their lines of scrimmage look just defeated. They got absolutely bullied up front on both sides of the ball, quite frankly. And uh, I was desperately, massively wrong about that last week. I thought Tennessee's lines of scrimmage were better than Missouri. They weren't, clearly. They suck. And I don't know. I'm sort of wondering, like, how this is going to go. It's at home. And I'd, if more than double digits, I'd be cautious betting against Tennessee at home more than 10 points. But, Georgia seems to be peaking at the right time. So I don't hate the bet um, if you just want to lay the points at 10 and a half. But if it were to get under 10, I'd be all over it. Uh, just kind of this is one I would want to watch. But ultimately, if Tennessee plays anything like they played last week, they will get demolished in this game. They're really going to have to step it the hell up and do something different than they did last week. Or in the second half of Bama or any of the other kind of moments throughout the year where they've been dominated Florida, that kind of thing. So it's kind of been a tale of two teams for them, but laying the points, Georgia, 10 and a half. I say, go right ahead. I'm not on that one. 
Uh, Nebraska, Wisconsin, under 36 and a half. I don't hate it. Again, Big Ten West teams can't score. They stink. And so there's no good offenses in that side of the league. And anytime you're going to take an under over there, I say go right ahead. It's not a bad play. Nebraska, the only thing that gives me pause here is they turn the ball over so fucking much. They're the worst team in the country in turnovers, and therefore it would not surprise me if Wisconsin gets a scoop and score or a pick six or something like that to take this game to the over. Because frankly, Wisconsin's defense isn't that good either. I would, I do expect if Nebraska can hang on to the ball for a few drives, they'll probably score some points. Uh, okay. Last two. He's going to take Washington, who is an underdog this week, shockingly enough, uh, on the road. You're going to take him at plus two and a half here against Oregon State. I hate this play. <laughs> I'll be honest. And that's not like betting against Oregon State and Corvallis is risky business, man. Like you, they, they're really good at home. Their defense is tough. And I'm going to tell you, after what uh, the judge ruled uh, yesterday, in Washington State and Oregon State's favor that they are now the only two sitting board members on the Pac-12. I can tell you right now, Oregon State, their coaches, they got to be telling them, like, we want nothing better than to just ruin these dudes' season and make sure they don't go to the playoffs and send them back into the Big Ten with a loss. I mean, that's they're playing spoiler now, and they've got a chance to play the all-time conference spoiler right now and – I'm sure the, you know, the Pac-12 officials, what's left of them may not be super happy if that happens because they will lose out on a playoff team. But Oregon State with a chance to eliminate Washington and Oregon from uh, from playoff contention here. And uh, I would lean that uh, they probably won't get Oregon next week because it's in Oregon. But at home in Corvallis, I'm going to go the other way, but I'm going to leave it in the bullpen. I'm going to take Oregon State minus the two and a half, but I'm going to leave that in the bullpen. I'm not taking that. And uh, his last one, New Mexico State plus 23 and a half at Auburn. This is one of those week 12 bets where you you would think that Auburn is looking ahead to Alabama next week. It's kind of the same thing. They're trying to play spoiler. And so maybe they're sleeping on New Mexico State, who has uh, gone eight and two against the spread this year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, they burned me the first week of the season and then reeled off eight straight wins. Go figure. Uh, so he's on that one, betting on a uh, you know looking ahead type of atmosphere. But we'll see what happens. And then the only other one that I'm on that I haven't mentioned is a team that I've been on all year, Liberty. I'm going to take them again. Minus 27 and a half. I don't care who they're playing. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's basically where I'm at with Liberty now. It doesn't matter who they play in Conference USA. It just doesn't matter. They will cover the spread at this point. Um, but to be fair, they play UMass, who burned me in week one uh, with New Mexico State, by the way. So UMass is not good. They're three and seven. Liberty's 10 and 0. If I'm getting less than four touchdowns, I'll probably just go ahead and lay it. I'm at this point, I'm 12 and one betting on Liberty and James Madison. So maybe I can get to 14 and one this week. So that is all the plays for us this week. Now, let me take a quick sip here. A couple of things that I was asked about. Uh, the first being Heisman, which, like I said, I, I really don't give a shit about the Heisman trophy all that much, but 
Should should Jaden Daniels win the Heisman Trophy? The answer to that is yes. He absolutely should. He's doing shit that no, like no one has done since Lamar Jackson. Okay. And the playoff committee. Now, will he win the Heisman? I don't know. I, I, I mean, the, the committee has sort of leaned towards only picking dudes on playoff teams. And Lamar Jackson is the only person to win it uh, that's not been attached to a playoff team since the playoffs inception. So... I would lean towards he probably doesn't win it due to that, but should he win it? In my opinion, yes, I think he should. He's like I say, just doing shit that hadn't been done in a long time. He's doing it against top tier defenses. I mean, he had a great game against Alabama before he got knocked out in the fourth quarter. So it's <laughs> again, I, I don't know that he will win, but I think he should. So that would be the my answer to the should Jaden Daniels win the Heisman question. Now, one that got raised to me today, it's kind of been talked about a little bit, Quinn Ewers. Now, to be clear, I don't believe that Quinn Ewers will come back. I think he's most likely off to the NFL. I would think that if he is 100% healthy, all the NFL draft advisory board people will tell him, yeah, you'll be a first round pick. You need to go to the draft because I think he absolutely would be. Uh, but if he were to come back, would Arch Manning transfer? <sighs> I would say probably, but, but that really, like my opinion on Arch Manning may be a little bit different than most. I've heard a lot of differing opinions on him. I've heard that, if he didn't have the last name Manning, he'd be a three-star. And knowing I've, I've heard that in a couple of different places, Twitter, sports writers, that kind of thing. But I've also seen some film of him. And it's a little bit questionable the level of competition he was playing against in high school. Uh, for instance, like one of his biggest highlight tapes, you know, it had several plays from this one game in it. And he's playing against kids that like the kids on this defensive line look like my 13 year old they're just they're tiny they're small <laughs> and he's out there you know six foot three six four just stiff arm and dudes that are half his height you know it, it was kind of like he was playing a peewee team so i think there's questions about the level of competition he competed at in high school and also you know like i said the name questions would he really be that high if he wasn't a manning I think it's all legitimate things to ask, but will he transfer? I don't know. I think if he believes he's good enough to start somewhere, then he should transfer, frankly. I mean, it's not like he needs the money, but you're not you're not going to improve your draft stock sitting on the pine. And there's a lot of teams out there that can use quarterbacks year to year. Uh, you know, Georgia – is in a similar situation. What if Carson Beck comes back? What are they going to do with Vandegrift and Gunnar Henderson? You know, they're not Gunnar Henderson. Uh, <laughs> that's the not the third baseman from the Orioles. Gunnar Stockton, excuse me. Um, what are they going to do with those guys if Carson Beck? It's, it's the same thing that we were dealing with before the season at Alabama. You know, Milrow and Buckner and Ty Simpson. They all ended up locking in and staying. And uh, Milrow wins the job. Now you're probably looking at one or both of them transferring out. So, and Milrow staying. I would, I would think he stays another year. But as long as there's 
a place where he thinks he can go, that he can play, I think he should go. And there's no reason to think that if Ewers is back, that Manning would start. I just, I don't see that. Uh, Ewers does get injured a lot, but I feel like if he was good enough to play, he would already be playing. So that's my take on that. And then the last question that someone asked me that I was going to address before I close this out is Kiffin really a target for Texas A&M? <sighs> Kiffin, the guy can coach. He can call plays. He can recruit. The argument that I hear a lot of times, and I should know, my brother, my God, this guy, he's an old Miss apologist. He's an Alabama fan, but he's, he loves Kiffin. So I hear about it all the time. I'll give this guy credit that he's turned Ole Miss into a winning football team that beats pretty much everybody but the top-tier teams, those being Georgia, Alabama, occasionally LSU, who they beat this year. But if you win 9-10 games at Ole Miss, that's impressive. I don't care who you are. That's impressive. Hugh Freeze was doing that before his whole scandal and being out of coaching and going back to Liberty, and now he's back at Auburn. But good coaches are the ones that can win at Ole Miss. Like there's been a shit ton of coaches that have come through there that haven't, you know, done a good job and haven't won, but it's a hard place to win because you just don't have the resources, especially like at a place like Texas A&M. So for me, that would be like the main draw for him is like, now I have all the money in the world to play with and go transfer portal and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> it's funny because Kiffin's a guy that, I don't feel like really gives a shit about all the tradition that Texas A&M does. And they have all kinds of stupid things that they do like the midnight yell. And I can't see Kiffin really giving a shit about that stuff. And he would have to pretend really hard and his poker face sucks. So I don't know. I think it ultimately comes down to dollars and cents for that guy. He's making a lot of money at Ole Miss. All the Auburn rumors last year really paid off well for him. He got a big extension out of the deal from Ole Miss, so I don't know. It's possible, but I would lean more towards the side of A&M doesn't want him and all the BS that comes with him. You know, you could argue, oh, yeah, he wins games, and he, okay, well, there's a lot of coaches out there that win games that don't come with a lot of the the antics that come along with Kiffin, so... I would lean more towards they need to go get him a defensive guy. I already said it on the show the other day that they I thought they needed to hire Mark Stoops from Kentucky. That I think that would be a great hire for Texas A&M because nobody's done more with less in the SEC than Mark Stoops. So that would be my take on that. And uh, that's really all that we've got to cover tonight on the show. Like I said, wanted to get a quick one out for you guys since Eric was unavailable. But uh, we will be back with you guys Monday, and uh, we'll be recapping Week 12 and getting ready for a massive rivalry week. And uh, it's going to be tons of bets, a lot of picks there, a lot to get to. And uh, we will discuss our power ratings and also the college football playoff, which I, I'm just not going to talk about it right now because it, it doesn't matter. All these results have to play out first, and who you think should be ahead of who doesn't really matter. And you can expect the committee not to do what you want them to do. So um, that's really my take on the playoff right now. 
it just it doesn't matter what the rankings are at this moment there's a million things that have to happen in order and we're on step 10 so uh, we'll just wait on that but we'll be back with you guys monday night and until then catch you guys later thank on thank you very much have a great day mm-hmm.